and we're on. Welcome back to another podcast from Nobody Cares About Dad. This week, we're back on the road again. Hola. Hola, yeah. Where have we been? So you, we've been Paris, Saudi. Yeah. Saudi, now you're in Saudi, Spain. Paris, uh, Lorient. Uh, now I'm in uh, Espanol. I've got some life, you. Mate, can I say it? I've got to keep you all safe. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, mate. I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Um, yeah, tired. Long days here, but all good. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Not on holiday before you start. No? No, I'm not on holiday. I mean, the picture you, you, the picture you sent me by the beach the other day looked pretty, pretty good. Oh, how, how dare I arrive and have a beer? <laughs> oh. um, I'm good. How, how's things with you anyway, bud? Oh, man, I'm glad you asked, actually, because uh, uh, since I've had COVID, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned that on here before. <laughs> But I played football. I played football tonight, and literally, I can't. I've not been the same. Literally, I can't move my legs since I've had, since I've had COVID. I literally can't run. It's uh, it's uh, sh- shocking. Time to retire, buddy. No, mate. Yeah, time to hang up the boots. But look, listen. Um, cracking on with our guest this evening. Um, actually, our second trip to the UK. So uh, we 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 don't often have guests on from the UK, but uh, yeah, this is our Home second grown. one this week. Homegrown, yeah. So uh, let me bring Gerard on. Gerard, how are you? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm good. Good to be with you tonight. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you coming on. And just to get this out of the way, have have you had COVID yet? No, thankfully not. No, thankfully not. I've I've had both of my my doses of vaccine. And um, uh, we're pretty pretty careful, actually, because my my wife's battling with bladder cancer. So she has to be really careful about not getting not just COVID or anything, otherwise it, it messes up the procedure for treating her. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah we, we we both double jabbed actually, but uh, yeah, we managed to pick it. I say I picked it up, gave it to AD. Marco's probably had it enough times to give to everyone. It's fine. It's fine. He likes to it's like an award for Marco. No, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to hear you you've had it. That's horrible. No, well I'm still I'm still here. I made it. Yes. Yeah, I, I need one of those. You remember when there was all these like terror attacks and everyone was put in there? I survived thingy, the, this bombing yeah. on the Facebook. I need that. I survived COVID on my, <laughs> on my Facebook page. Put it on your CV. <laughs> That's well, yeah, it. You, you, you should be pretty protected now. I understand if you've had it and then you've had your vaccines. Your you should your immune system should be pretty strong. I reckon. Hopefully, touch touch wood, touch wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his bio now. Anyway, I'm yeah. sure immune. Right. Gonna put it on my Tinder profile. <laughs> been, been there, had that. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> so look, uh, yeah, Joe, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you obviously you uh, released a book in was it June, July, June this year? End of, end of June, yeah. End yep. of June this year, called Living Hope. Yes. Um, obviously, you there's quite a lot to unpack with with that. Where you you obviously had the two tragedies with the loss of your daughter, loss of your son. Um, and then obviously dying for 30 minutes. That was uh, <laughs> not something that we're, not many of us no, have, have don't done. Don't recommend it. Don't recommend it. No. <laughs> no. You're definitely the no. first guest to do that. It's fine. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. 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 Is this your first book, Joe? Have you done? No, I've, have you... I've written a couple of others actually before this. But this got, my last one was just 2014, but this one I felt a real sort of divine prompting to write it. So it's, uh, it, and it came out of the cardiac arrest. So uh, yeah, you you talk about um, your faith in the book and yeah. keeping your faith because I know 
and I was brought up I was brought up a Catholic. Right. Um, my family my family are Italian, so sort of bred into you that you're a, you're a, you're a Catholic. I've right. I grew up, lost my faith, found it again. But yeah. you you see so many people through tragedy. Well, I know yeah. certainly through tragedy that sort of walk away from their faith and say, well, how can there be, how can there be a God? So it's, how, how did you manage to, to keep yours throughout everything that's happened to you? Well, it's a great question. My, my wife, after, after our son Alex, um, he committed suicide in, in 2005 and our world fell apart. And she, she did actually lose her faith for two years after that. But for me, so she she started off by running away from God, and then she said, "I, I just can't reconcile how a loving God could have allowed this to happen to us." You've know, mm. been trying to sort of follow Him and serve Him for twenty four years, and then with this terrible, terrible tragedy. And uh, so I, I understand that. I understand that journey that people go down. So as much as Jeannie ran away from God, I did the opposite. I sort of ran into God, and uh, it was the I used to get up in the middle of the night and go down to my study. I was living in Chicago at the time on the North Shore anyway. And I used, literally used to cry until I had no more tears left to, to, to cry. And uh, it, it's interesting. It was the middle of the night and there was the presence of God. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it in that room when I was so broken. And it was I just felt this love for, for me and for my situation when I was going through it. And... That, that really was what, what rescued me, was that were those times uh, of utter brokenness. And I, I had sort of three epiphanies um, that, uh, that I, I received in that time, and they really helped me to journey through that period and then on for the next eight years or so, and then probably since then, actually, because I, we miss our children every single day. Um, and those I write there about those epiphanies in, in the book. Is what? How many children do you have, Gerard? Three. Three. So two are in heaven, and uh, Ben is uh, is living in London. He's he's thirty thirty seven now. So what what were the what were their what was their order of ages then? In in terms so Rebecca, of Rebecca was the eldest. Okay. And then Ben, and then our youngest was Alex. Yeah. Okay. And Alex. Uh, Obviously, do you know the details surrounding what happened to him? Yeah, I do. He, he, I mean, he was a great, he was a great boy, and he wasn't depressed or anything like that. He was a fantastic athlete. I, I was a runner when I was younger. Jeannie was a, a ballerina. She went to Royal Ballet School, um, and all our children, thankfully, were, were gifted to in sport, especially running. And Alex was an outstanding athlete, popular boy at school. He had a good heart, and he he had come to faith in God as a young boy. Um, and he was trying to help this this boy at school. He was a troubled boy, and unfortunately, what happened was that in doing that, he ended up joining this boy and taking taking drugs. I mean, he hadn't he hadn't got into it big time, but this particular night, he took a, he took a drug. The boy said it was just marijuana, and maybe it was. I, I don't know, but he became paranoid and uh, delusional. And I've since heard that there's a small percentage of people who are impacted by by marijuana in that in that way, that it does mess up their brain. And that was Alex. And uh, he ended up going out on, on the 8th of November um, 2005 and he and he took his took his life and uh, totally, totally broke our world apart. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. So obviously, 
obvious question, but like how do you, because obviously at that point you've got two other kids, a wife, and to hear that news, how do you keep it together as the head of the family to... Yeah, because you've got to stay, you've got to try and stay as strong as possible to keep everything from falling, haven't you? Yeah, and and I, I mean that, that the actual night that I heard it was horrible because he he'd gone missing and we called the police and they came out to to try and to search for him and they they we my wife found the suicide note and so we went down to the beach it was a side of Lake Michigan and the police came out and they said look can you wait at home because we think he'll he'll turn up at home and so we waited for four hours and uh, not knowing and uh, it just it was just after midnight. And they that's they came to the door and, and they told me that they found his body, and I just completely broke. And my wife Jeannie and my daughter Rebecca were there, and there it was just it was a horrible, horrible time of utter brokenness of humanity. Yeah. So we can empathise with anyone who's hurting because we've we've been there. So anyway, that that night was just utter brokenness. And then, you know, I cry, I cried out to God, "You got to help me, please help me to to." Yeah, to be able to take care of my wife, to love her. She needed my love and support. And Rebecca, and Rebecca was pretty strong uh, at that time as well. So we, we cared for, for them. Ben was in the UK. He came over later on, came out to the, to the memorial service for Alex. And it was a, it was a very, it was a start of, a, of two years of hell, to be honest. Yeah. And as I say, the only way I could get through was, was crying out to God and, uh, and he, and he did, he turned up and he helped me. I mean, he really, it was, that's all I can describe. The, the only way I could get through was I kept on getting this sort of influx of love, which I believe God can give us by, by the Holy spirit. And I, and I did feel rejuvenated. I used to in the night be utterly broken. And then the next morning I'd wake up and I have this sort of fresh energy and strength and love for Jeannie. Cause she was hating me. I mean, she hated me. She hated yeah. herself. That's a horrible thing with suicide: is that you not only grieve for the, your loved one, but but there's blame and shame. You know what? Yeah. Why didn't you see it coming? Why didn't you do something about it? And Jeannie hated herself. She hated me. Mm. She hated God, and then she lost her faith. She so she we had a fantastic marriage up until that point, and now she wants to leave me. You know she 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 couldn't last. And apparently, nineteen out of twenty marriages as high as that. Yeah after the suicide of a child you know yeah yeah so we, we were talking um we had a gentleman on from arizona who the same stat i think similar for um well i think the, the, the death of a child in general i think because yeah. we um we had uh, uh, what was his name ira ira Hughes, yeah. Yeah. who um he's, he lost his daughter to leukemia uh, and um yeah. he was so he was talking about that side but they, they they've stayed together and been strong throughout but he was mentioning the stat that you know the big portion of people parents that have lost yeah. a child do end up yeah. end up splitting up because yeah. that, that famous thing of the it's the blame game isn't it you yeah you can't vent your frustration anywhere but the people that you yeah you love and they're around you yeah yeah it's, it's yeah you can only take so much grief and pain <clears throat> yeah genie Jeannie nearly lost her mind. We, we, we nearly had a sanction into a psychiatric hospital. And then shortly after that, she nearly died of uh, her intestines knotted twice. Oh, wow. And uh, they, they said they had to have emergency surgery to save her. But they said that this is the grief. You know, she, her body literally couldn't cope with grief, that four months of intense grieving. And uh, 
that's what happened. So it, her intestines knotted, and they they rescued her. And uh, yeah, she she came through. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, I've I've seen the grief first. So I haven't. I lost my mum a couple of years ago. But in terms of mm. like suicide, I lost my one of my best friends at yeah. twenty. Yeah. To, su to suicide and i just remember going for the night he did it he was supposed to stay at my house yeah and i'd sort i would i'd gone we'd gone out in town and i was like i'm gonna go home early you you sort of take yourself home yeah. and you know he, he killed himself that night you know for years i was like i beat myself up about yeah, yeah, yeah. you know if i hadn't have if, if he'd have come to mine that night but you, you know yeah it would it would have happened another night if it wasn't going to be it wasn't yeah. going to be that night. Yeah. But I remember I remember going to his parents' house the, the day after, and it was, I mean, didn't nobody knew what to say. Like it was just, no. it was just, no. an, it was just awful. It was awful no. to, to experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's one of the things that have come out of all of this is that we we have a we have a ministry now to help the suffering, and uh, help people to go through grief. Yeah, and the, a good uh, to grieve well, you know, and to 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 learn how to go through that journey. And one of the things I, I always advise people, you know, in that early those early days of utter rawness and grief is, you don't need to say anything, you know. That we call it the ministry of presence, you know, just just be present and just to let yeah. know people know that you're there and you care and you love them. But you don't have to say a lot of words, you know, even just holding out a hand and putting it on them, um, and just letting them know that you're you're with them. You know, in it, and I think that's that's a great way. Of, in those early days, when when everything's so raw, I, I always say, like Jeannie, it's like having a terrible burn. You, you feel terribly burnt all over, and you can't stand anything near you. She pushed everybody away. She didn't want anyone near her. All her friends, yeah. they came around to our house with flowers. She said, "No, get out. I don't want anyone there." Mm. It was it was that sense of I'm just too raw, and it's too painful. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It was. It's been. A, it was a long journey. Long journey. And obviously, having lived in the states for some time, the, you would have, you would have. When did you come? When did you come back? We came back in in uh, April this year. Okay, yeah. so you you've seen that whole. There's been a whole revolution there in terms of mar cannabis marijuana being legalized. Yeah. I, I, do I assume you sit on the side of the fence that doesn't agree with that, or are you somewhat? Uh, I, 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 I don't. One of the things I, I do think is they should do is to put a warning out. The FDA, I don't. As far as I know, they still haven't put a warning out. They do with other drugs. They put warnings out there. Um, uh, I, I don't think. Well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a difficult subject. The whole thing of that, but I think legalizing it. That I think the evidence shows in Colorado, for example, that the, the, the increase in mental, in the breakdown of mental health is huge there now. Hmm. and uh it's really is damaging folks so i think it can be hugely hugely damaging and and it's too easy to say oh it's, you know it's like drink or whatever uh, and what alcohol can be as we all know it's, it can poison people you know it's well, yeah, that, all, all of it actually i mean at the end of the day and you know one of the things that's going on now especially amongst young people is a i call it a crisis of hopelessness and that that's what really needs treating because people turn to drink and drugs and whatever yeah. because inside they've they feel hopeless so they feel lost or broken or pain or whatever and what we're trying to do is to say there's an alternative to how you can treat that pain and yeah. I, I know i know it works because i've been there and that's that's through faith in a, in a god who really cares and loves them you know 
Um, and I, I've, I've experienced it. You know, it's true. It yeah. works. It <laughs> works. You know. Yeah. So, um, and uh, so obviously the next huge tragedy in your life, Gerard. When when did that happen? That was in 2014. I mean, okay. it was like I, I people know the story of Job in the Bible, but he he uh, he went through one disaster after another, and uh, that's been the story of our lives. Really, it's been, we've the last 16 years we've had one one thing after the other. So, in the in the eight year period after just after Alex, my sister died of cancer. Short time after that, my brother died of cancer, and uh, Jeannie's nephew died in a car accident. And then in 2014. On the eighth of May, our beautiful daughter Rebecca. She was a, she was an absolute angel. She was an amazing, beautiful, beautiful young woman, and uh, she died in a tragic accident in Lake Michigan. She she fell in the lake, couldn't get out where she fell in. The water was thirty seven degrees after a brutal winter, and she ended up getting hypothermia and she and she drowned. And uh, yeah, so once again we were thrown into utter utter darkness, um, and Jeannie Jeannie was not gonna make it through mm. and she she decided to take her life and she went up to rebecca's room and uh when i saw her going up i saw she was like a shell she was just not there you know and she had this incredible encounter with with god i mean that's, that's the only, only way you can describe it she said the room filled with light she didn't see a physical being or anything mm. but this it was like light and she said it was like filled with this love and this joy and she said that God spoke various things to, to her. One of them was, Jeannie, your, your grief is, is not your own, which is profound words. Your grief is not your own. She came downstairs and I looked up and I, she, was like, she was like glowing. I mean, literally, she was glowing. Her face was shining. Her eyes were glistening. I said, Jeannie, what has happened to you? And she, and she told me what happened. And look, thinking about it, that was the only way she was going to be able to get through this this. Um, tragedy of rebecca was god god to turn up and he did turn up he did turn up and and completely rescued her and transformed her and after that we launched our our non-profit ministry um called awakening to god which is which is aimed at helping the poor and the suffering people who are who trouble with depression suicidal thoughts suicide survivors like we are um addicts just turning turning what we would say is evil, turning it around for good, yeah, to help, to help other people. Is this all the the online help you do and the the face to face stuff? Yeah, we do a lot of it online. We do, and then in India we do clean water wells for the villages out there, the, to the poorest oh. of the poor. They're, they're the untouchables, as they call them. Yeah, they are yeah. called out there, mm. and and we uh, yeah we provide clean water with wells and mosquito nets and medical aid and it's it's a great privilege to be able to help them you know transforms their lives to have clean water so uh, it's a great job but but also yeah online the number of people who come back and say thank you so much for what you shared and just being honest and uh and we've got a big vision to help more people as well i mean it's incredible how you've how you've gone through what you have already and you know you're, you're still smiling <laughs> you're still you know, you're still smiling. You've got so much going on and you're still because a lot of people, when they go through uh, tragedies, you know, if they sort of go recluse, they they keep themselves to themselves. They, yeah, that's it. They, they shut themselves away from the world. Yeah. They don't offer help and advice, um, you know, so it's either one way or the other. 
Yeah. And that's it. There's no middle. Nobody's just okay with it. That's the bottom line. Yeah. You're either really, yeah. really hurt and can't get out of it, or you go the other way like you guys have and yeah. you start using your experience and your journey through it all and yeah. helping other people. So yeah, massive amount of respect to you both for that. That's incredible. Well, well, thank you. It's it's so true. You can, you, you can either get bitter or you can get better. And uh, by by God's, we call it God's grace, which is really, really, it's the life of Jesus, I believe, made known to us by the Holy Spirit. Um, we're able to journey through it and turn it around. We, we talk about the three, the three stages of grief. There's a the first phase, which is comfort. The second phase, which is restoration, you get restored. And that's where most people, you know, they would end up in that, th that second phase. The third phase I call is triumph. And that's where I believe God wants to turn around the bad things that have happened in your life, turn them around for good to help other people. And I, I'm, I'm you obviously, Gad, I'm a person of faith. So I, I believe in, in the Bible as being God's inspired word. And, and you, you see the story after story after story of people who went through terrible suffering. And yet it was turned around for good to help other Joseph in the Old Testament beat his brothers beaten up uh, about to kill him put into slavery put in wrongly accused put into jail ends up becoming a prime minister and saving millions you know uh at the, at the center of our faith jesus himself went through incredible suffering and yet out of yeah. it he made a way for us to come into relationship with god for eternity so the whole story really god's story through the bible is is of people going through journeys of suffering and yet through God's grace, turning it around for good to help others. And so that's how we that's how we see it. We see a purpose. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book was to say, guys, there is a purpose for all of our lives. We're not here by accident. And, the, you know, the young people need to hear that today <clears throat> because we are growing. We're, we're increasingly in an atheistic culture. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that the, 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 there is such a leaning away from religion and faith. Yeah. from from young, the younger generations like yeah. I, I like I say I remember go, I, we used to go to church every Sunday as a kid yeah. Yeah. Um, I've taken my little boy a couple of times you know it's, it's just it's so different now to to what it used to be yeah yeah no it, it is and and that's so sad because if you come back, okay, they, how do, while we're here, evolution, that would be their answer. He would just come here, which basically you're saying we've, we've come from nothing and we're going to nothing. The whole thing's a complete accident and therefore there's no, no ultimate meaning for life. You know, make the best of it as you can. But, but then if you start losing any hope in humankind, which is what the young people are doing today, you know, mm. you've messed up our climate, you've messed up this world, you've got things like COVID, my life stinks and I don't see any hope for the future. Yeah. God's been taken out of the picture. You can understand why they're in such a state. And so we're turning it around and saying, you know what? There, there is meaning because there is a God over all of this. And as the scriptures say, he, he holds it all together. He hates the suffering. It's one of the epiphanies I got was that hate God's God hates suffering, but, but every day is another day for us to come into relationship with him, which is why he gives us another day. Um, and he wants to help you through it. And uh, and he will if you let him. He'll help you through it. And you can turn it around. So it's a completely different way of living because you know, on the one hand, with, with evolution, it's self-centered. 
But if you're saying that there's a God who's ultimately God, it's God-centered. Totally different way of living. So now, so what we, our heart is, okay, God, what do you want? Whereas before, where we used to live was, what do I want? Mm, yeah. Makes a big difference. Yeah. And so we're, in our brokenness, we say, okay, God, we don't, we don't like this, this journey. It's, it's really painful. You know, it's a bitter cut, if you like. But, but if this is our calling, and I never believe God causes evil, never does that. But sometimes we see through scripture, like with Job, he, he permits it. If this is our calling, then use it for good. Mm. Use it for good. <coughs> and that's what, so that's what we, that's what we're doing now. And we're starting to see, we're seeing that happen more and more. And, and that's through this book. I want people to, to see, to see that, that God ultimately is over things and is able to turn it around, turn th whatever you've gone through is able to turn. And our hope, we sort of living hope for, for us, Rebecca and Alex aren't, aren't dead. I mean, they are physically dead. <laughs> But they themselves are still alive. They're in heaven and they're more alive than we are. And we are going to see them again. And yes, we miss them terribly. Now, I, I use the illustration of an airport. You know, you go, you go to the departure lounge and it's really sad. You know, people are crying and everything else. And it's, yeah, we feel that day by day. But boy, there's, when you go to the arrivals, there's a lot of joy. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of joy. And that's, you know, I, we look ahead as part of our faith is we look ahead for better there's going to be better days yeah and we feel this joy i mean it's not made up i i i feel this joy coming up from within me it's a paradox on the one hand there's there's sadness on the other hand i have this joy and well, you mean you can see it i mean just listening to you you know yeah. there's, there's a lot of people yeah. there's a lot of people that pretend to be happy yeah and you can see they aren't yeah. um and you know considering what you've been through because like we said before so many people can let the world beat them up and yeah. they they never get over any and it couldn't sometimes it's the most stupid yeah. of things and they never allow themselves to overcome the yeah. issues or the tragedy or the loss or whatever whatever it is yes. and they i've got it in my family there's, there's parts of my family that think the world owe them something and you know it's it's uh, my i always i was always brought up to you've got to get out and get get you know one's going to give you anything you've got to get out and get it yourself yeah. you don't have a chip on your shoulder but the people in my family who think oh well you know we lost our mom so you know and the dad wasn't around so oh you know life's hard for me and it's like no no yeah, yeah. Stop making no, excuses no, no, no. get out no. there and get it get after it that's right um, I, call, I call it the, the, the attitude of gratitude. So, uh, you know, it's it's being grateful for for your the simple things of life. I mean, we have we have great joy, Jeannie and I just so we hear a bird singing and we, <laughs> we, it, we you know, you sense it. I, I was thinking the closer you get to God, the more you see of God. Yeah. And uh, you start to appreciate things, you know, just the simple things of life. And it's rather than being distracted with all the stuff other stuff on the outside which really isn't life often it's not real life life is what comes from within isn't it yes love and joy and peace that's what really makes life yeah uh, people think they they get it by getting a lot of money etc and all of that lot but no i mean it might help but it it won't give you real life inside well it's um i don't know if I don't know if you've watched anything of Tyson Fury. Have you watched any Tyson Fury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. 
You know, he yeah. there's, there's a couple of things that you said that he talks very similar to where he was going to kill himself. I don't know if you heard that. You heard him talk about that yeah, story. I, have, well, I haven't heard directly, but indirectly, I've heard about that. Yeah, so he yeah. talked. He talks about he was he was going to drive his Ferrari into a wall, and as he was going at 200 miles an hour, he he just heard God speak to him wow. and say what are you doing like you know yeah. you can't leave your children you know and yeah. he stopped and you know he's obviously turned his life around um yeah. doing that but the other thing he talks about is he, he did an interview recently where he talks about people he said the um he knows billionaires he knows poor people he said the billionaires are the, are the most unhappy out of a lot of them you know they're, yeah. they're, never, they're never satisfied they're never happy it's like if they found yeah. 50 grand on the floor it won't bother them like, yeah. no. so, yeah. so yeah it's just interesting that because do people just do, do assume that happiness you, you, you get money you're going to be happy yeah 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 see i, I think people don't the, the scriptures talk about we have an adversary who whose goal is to kill rob and destroy and we see the work of that adversary all around and so on the other hand, God's saying, look, if you don't go my way and I'll give you full, Jesus, I'll give you fullness of life. Mm. I, I had an encounter with God in my last year at college in 1980. Basically, it was, it was, it came down to my plan or God's plan. And I said, how can I compete with God's plan for my life? I mean, you, you know, <laughs> it's hard to compete with him. <laughs> so I, I just sort of surrendered at that point. I said, okay, all right, I'm all in, I, I, whatever you want, I'll do that. That was back in 1980. I've never been the same since. And uh, the, the great thing, and this is where I think sadly people have got the wrong idea of what it means to follow Jesus. Um, but but God gives us a help, a helper. With the, the Bible says, a Holy Spirit, God, God who comes to help us on our journey. And uh, one of the one of the descriptions is that He's the Comforter. And so when I was going through great great grief and great pain, I just said, Look, you know me better than I know myself. Help me to grieve well, because it's important to grieve well yeah and, and men need to hear this if you're listening in you know guys we, we're more human we come more alive when we do we're, we're free to cry you know mm. crying is just like laughing it's the other end of the scale if you like but it's very natural yeah and, we, talk, uh, we, talk about, we talk that about we talk about that a lot on this podcast yeah, about, about, about yeah you know men um vulnerability is not a female thing you know it's a it's yeah, a human yeah. it's a human emotion and yeah. uh, you know times have changed and that men can be emotional but can be vulnerable yeah. and we talk about it a lot when we talk to guys about their relationship with their parents and you yeah. know the older older men uh, or yeah. older parents tended to be a little bit more standoff a little bit more yeah. reserved not so yeah. emotionally involved whereas fathers today so far as our age tend to be a little bit more open with their open and connected with their emotions yeah um and you because, do get to you get to that point don't you where you you sort of don't care anymore about showing your vulnerability about showing yeah. your emotion and especially because yeah. we've both got children we've both got young boys and if, if they see that you know sometimes you are sad sometimes yeah. you are you know you're yeah. unhappy but maybe an hour or the next day, you're not, yeah. you're back to being yeah. happy. And it, yeah. it's important to show that, like you said, showing that emotion isn't showing you're, you're weak in any way. If anything, it's showing you're stronger exactly. yeah. because you can exactly. show that emotion. Yeah. You're being, you're, you're being your real self. And I think that's authenticity is something that's so needed today that, that you're, you know, you're a genuine guy. Oh, and, massive. Uh, you, you are who you are. And I yeah. think with this, the presence of social media and all of that we see to show you say about it you're not being fake and you are being genuine 
yeah you know people live these lives don't they online and it's all you know jealousy yeah. consumes you because you're like oh wow look at what they're doing and then you start comparing we speak yeah. about that as well you're always yeah. constantly comparing your life to others you, you're yes. never going to succeed in anything because no. no like um tyson fury said it's what, what is what is money what is wealth is it yeah. money or is it happiness yeah exactly you know, contentment, being being content, being at peace with yourself, is of great worth. And there's many proverbs in the Bible that talk about that. That you know, being being at rest in yourself is huge. Uh, that's real. That's real life. That's real wealth. That yeah. You, yeah. You, know, you can you can be at peace. You got peace. Whatever's going on, on the outside, and I've experienced that. And and also that you've got love and you've got joy. I mean, those are those are invaluable those things you can't put a price on those things and no. um that's that's what really matters isn't it yeah 100 percent. yeah and you know on, on the on the uh, do, do you pray daily uh, gerard yeah I'm, i pray i have a i have a relationship with god that's how i describe it yeah so i uh I, if people say oh you're religious i i, I try and make a point of saying look i i'm not religious in the sense that you think because my relationship with God is is how I believe God wants us to be, which is He He created us to be in friendship with us. You know, He He loves us as a mm. as a dad, as a, as a friend. I think it's Jesus as a friend, God as a, as a father, as if you like. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is with me all the time. It's a, a, we talk about a triune God. It's three in one. It's one God, but the three three personalities, if you like. Yeah. And the, the Holy Spirit is is with me all the time. So I'm always talking to Him. But I I normally have a time in the morning where I just come aside and yeah, bit more focused if you like. Yeah. And then through the day I'm asking for help, you know, and, and strength and whatever, you know, yeah. I, you're, I, you're with a friend, you know, it's like you're with a friend. Yeah. I have to admit, I, I have, I, like I said, my, my relationship with God is fractured, should we say in as much yeah. as, you know, I, I go through moments where I, pray daily and then yeah. there'll be periods where I, I don't at all but i have to t i have to admit that the times when i am praying so yeah. like you know I, I pray pray in the morning pray in the evening and then once a week i do the rosary but yeah. in those periods where i'm being i do feel much better like i yeah. just generally do feel a lot better in those periods yeah. um I just, and it's it's the worst excuse ever. I'm just so busy <laughs> that just life gets in the way. And honestly, yeah, it's yeah. just I, I I need to make more time to do it because, like I said, in myself, I I do feel much better when I do do it. I just yes. I just don't I just I just have those moments where it'll be I'll do it for three months, then I won't do it for six, and it's yeah, just yeah. It's just about being consistent. Yeah, I'm sure he'll you know, forgive I, me anyway. Yeah, like, like you know, when you like, when you think about it, like you're with your wife. I guess that's the thing. You, you those courting days, and it's you want to be, we want to be with them, don't you? Cause yeah. Because it, it's good, and that's how God wants it to be with us. You know, not not that it becomes a duty or a, got to tick it off. You know, I've done my my religious bit today or whatever. Yeah. But, but it's something that's so natural. Uh, yeah. It, it's spiritually natural, and uh, you just you just enjoying. There's a there's a Westminster Catechism, which is a very sort of theological word, but basically, you know, what's the purpose of man? And the and the theologians came together, going back two or three hundred years, and they came up with a sort of definite: the, the purpose of man is to is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, and enjoy Him forever. 
Yeah. And so that's that's how it has how it should be that we 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 get to know him. And when you the more you get to know him, the more you you wow you 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 know you love him and appreciate him. And you, the more you see of him in, for example, in creation, you know. Yeah, it's it's odd as well. Like I, I don't often tell this. I don't often tell this story because Burning people often think I'm crazy. But I think in this company, I'll be be a little bit more <laughs> understood. <laughs> but it yeah. was a period. So I I have a heart problem. So I had a heart attack as well. Okay. Um, uh, seven years ago. Uh, what am I now? No, for nine years ago. So twenty seven. Jesus, I still tell wow. everyone it was seven years ago. But I've grown two years since that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's nine years ago, yeah, and I, I went for a, for a period where I wasn't well for a long time after it, and I wasn't it wasn't great, and I was praying daily, but I wasn't praying for me. I was praying for my my brothers and my sisters, my partner, just praying yeah. that their life would be better. And I I actually saw an angel one night. I was having a really really rough night, and I lived on this street on this apartment, and I woke up in the middle of the night. And it was so weird, but I just woke up in the middle of the night and the, like, the light was lighting up my blind in the, in the room. It was like, just like, that was yeah. like the spotlight. And yeah. I saw this, it was a, I can't best describe it. I'm going to sound mental, but like, yeah. it, I could best describe it as like a glowing person coming, yeah. it just went past the window and instantly, yeah. instantly I went, that's an, that's an angel. Like, and I just felt this presence and I felt like it was an angel. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly, so I felt so much better yeah. after that, after that moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I have no problem with that. My book is full of, we, I mean, it's hard to describe them other than miracles, things that have yeah. happened in our, on our journey. I've, I've told and, people that, and they, people think I'm mental. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, like and it's hard to, like I say, it's, it was just in my head straight away. I saw the vi I saw the image of, of this body going past my window. I'm, I'm on the second floor of an apartment. Like Nobody's walking past the, the window. Do you know what I mean? But it was glowing, and I was just like, yeah. I just knew instantly had that feeling that you've described when, you know, your wife was upstairs yeah. and... Yeah. And and she was she was yeah. with God, and so yeah, I, I can relate to that because I've sort of been in a similar situation yeah. uh, myself. It's a, it's a, it's strange because there's so many things that we know exist, but you can't see. I mean, the classic yeah. would be the wind. You know, who's ever seen the wind? You see the impact of the wind, but you don't ever you don't ever see the wind, do you? You don't see the ultraviolet light, the, the, the rays coming through you know sound waves magnetic fields all of those you can't see them but you know oh they're there so why why have a problem with the spiritual world you know there is a, there is another whole other world the bible talks about yeah unseen. it's interesting in america especially when we were in malibu <laughs> most people talk about spirituality you know they, they have no issues with that uh, and yet in in still in the western world that, that unless you can see it, it's not true yeah, there is a whole other world that's that's out there. I, I love scuba diving, and you know, there's a whole other world under the water. You yeah, the yeah, top. true. And there's a whole other world, spiritual world, and Jesus made that spiritual world real to us by coming in the flesh, um, and then we saw his resurrected body. You know, we we're, we're told about that. So this is all just true. Just that most people's spiritual eyes. Are, are blinded they can't they just can't they're not aware of it they, they don't see it and therefore they think it's not true but mm. it's, it's, very say, true. it's about that acceptance isn't it yeah it's about accepting it and, that, and i think once people come come to terms with themselves and they actually yeah okay i'm open to the idea and 
then they start yeah. accepting things. They start exploring it, being open-minded about it. Yeah, it, we're very quick to go. I've experienced that I've told people that story people think I'm mental and it, it is 100% a true story that definitely happened yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think in this day and age people are just so busy like so 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 there's so yeah. much going on and yeah. so much to watch on Netflix that they're just yeah. Yeah. Sit in front of the they never, TV they never, or, they never think yeah. about it no that's right well, it's, it's um I don't know, Marky. Can you remember when I had uh, my car crash? I rolled my car. Yeah. We, so yeah, I, I basically hit. Long story short, I hit a pothole, swerved the other side of the road, ended up heading towards this wooden post, and thought it'd be a good idea to turn my wheel really quick, uh, and then I ended up rolling. Wow. And um, I I remember the moment so clear that when when I left the road. And I knew yeah. I was going from being tense and everything. It was it was weird. It was surreal. I just relaxed my arms. Yeah. And I just, I remember saying out loud, you're right. This is probably going to hurt. And I said that out loud in the car. And I remember it clear yeah. as day. Yeah. And I just closed my eyes. And then I woke up and my car was upright. I obviously checked my body, make sure nothing wow. was sticking in or out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unclipped, unclipped my seatbelt and got out of my car. Yeah. And I thought, what on earth? Is, like, what just happened to me then? And yeah. I realised I'd rolled, like, quite some distance into Maybe. the field. Um, and the everything was scattered in my car because, obviously, I'd rolled and rolled and rolled. Yeah. The only thing that stayed on and intact was actually a set of white, Rosary beads hanging wow. from my uh, rear view mirror. Wow. That was the only thing. And I'd rolled my car several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember when the, the police turned up, they were told they were coming to a fatality because of the the witnesses had seen me leave this road and just flip my car. Just wow. All I got was a few cuts on my head and a cut on my lip. Amazing. And that was it. Yeah, and I, yeah, just, yeah. I just said, I just remember, I remember speaking to the police officer saying, I don't know what it was, but I told myself out loud, eh, it's probably going to hurt, but it'll be okay. And just relaxed. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. they just couldn't, they could not believe that no. <laughs> when the paramedics come running down, where's the guy, where's the car, where's the guy in the car? And I was like, yeah. um, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stood next to my car. But yeah. it, you're right. It, from that, from that experience, I, you know, I, I was very closed off to, to all sort of, you know, religion kind of beliefs and people, because people where I'm from like, like to put it on you, you know, yeah, yeah. you're either yeah. you're for it or you're against it. That's it. Mm. And um, from that moment, I was just like, okay, maybe, maybe there's something else going on here because yeah. I should not have survived that. No, at no. All. no. From the, the police were saying it, the paramedics. Yeah. I shouldn't have walked away from that, but I did. No, no. It's just, mad. I... it's just madness. Well, I, I have a. I believe that that most people, if I if I had an if I had a chat with the most people, I I could go back over their lives and I could say that that's a time when God drew close to you, just they didn't recognise it. Yeah, it's a yeah. time when He's reaching out because at the end end of the day, He loves every single person. I mean, amazingly, and He wants. That's why Jesus came was to make a way for us to come into relationship with God. That's the whole Christian message. You know, He came on a rescue mission. And and so God's trying to reach people. <laughs> they keep on pushing him away and saying, "No, I don't believe in anything else." But actually, there's moments 
like with Tyson Fury or whatever, where he, he does draw near with, with you, Eddie, you know, he does draw near to us. And like with the with the angelic uh, being, and he's what he's trying to say. Look, I, I want you in a relationship. I want you to be my friend. That's that's how God loves us so much. And we we were created for that relationship. We come alive in that relationship. And so, um, uh, you know, it's, it's you can see that we have an adversary because he wants to keep people away from that relationship. Yeah. yeah. And we're we're so we're saying no, no, no. Oh, keep open, keep open, and uh, let God show you his love so where was so from that and you know being open and waiting for that relationship you know you speak about you left this world for 30 minutes yeah (laughs) yeah what happened what happened there what was that because obviously yeah that was i mean that was a complete miracle i mean it's uh i was i was in mats in malibu at the time i'd gone over to to friend's house i wanted to watch the rugby semi-final the world world cup england playing new zealand and uh, South African friends of mine invited me over to watch it with them. 1 a.m. in the morning. And if, it, if I hadn't gone out, I wouldn't be here today. So England scored early on and uh, they looked over to me and I was slumped in my chair. And they, uh, they thought I was having a seizure to start with and they realised it was a cardiac arrest. And one of them got a download. Talk about God moving. This young, young guy got this download to get me on the ground and start pumping my chest. Now, he'd never done CPR in his life before. Wow. Ne- never. He just felt to start pumping my chest and and then do do, do a couple of mouth to mouth. They did, did that for ten minutes. In that time, my friend's wife came down. She was asleep upstairs. Was a former nurse, and uh, she took my vitals. And she said, "I'm sorry, he's 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 dead. It's no it's no good." And these two young guys, they wouldn't accept it. And one of them started shouting at me, saying, "Come back, come back." I, I've told all this later on. First responders came along. They worked for another 20 minutes, 20 more minutes with CPR, electric shocks to the heart. And they were about to say, guys, you know, we've done we've done everything we can. And again, these young guys said, no, do one more, do one more. So they gave me another electric shock to the heart and they found a heartbeat. And uh, that was the first miracle. The second miracle was that when they gave me an MRI later on, there was no brain damage. Now, the, the stats in America, 395,000 people die of a cardiac arrest every year. Only six out of 100 survive when it's outside of a hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of those, 90% have serious brain damage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because it's the oxygen, gun. isn't it? It's, it's starving the brain. Exactly, yeah. I was, in, I was in hospital when I had mine. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I just remember waking up. Well, I, 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 so I'd, I collapsed playing football on, on the Saturday or soccer, as yeah. our American cousins would like to call it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll stick with football. football. <laughs> well, <laughs> Note to the people that listen to this podcast, they're Americans. So. Okay, soccer. <laughs> okay, soccer. Guys. Yeah. Um, and I, I collapsed playing football and I went to the hospital and they just said, they said, oh, you've got a viral infection. So they sent me away. And then I, I I felt fine Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I felt a little unwell. And on Wednesday, I woke up in the morning at about, 6 30 and i just felt like someone was sat on my chest uh, i just felt i just felt awful yeah so i said to my my now wife i was like you need to take me to the hospital i, said, I feel i feel really ill and they took me to uh, the hospital to, went to triage and when they would put me in triage i was tachycardic when they do all my vital signs and um that's, that's normally the stage before you have a heart attack is when you get tachycardic and yeah. um so they took me to the they took me to the ward and i just remember sitting on the bed 
And I remember saying to my wife, I started getting pins and needles coming up in my toes and it was just creeping up my legs. And I just wow. felt this, and it got to my knees and my, my, my wife said, my eyes just rolled in the back of my head. I started having a fit and I, I was in my head. I was playing football on a field with yeah. friends at an old football club. Like it was so, I remember the dream vi I vividly, I was vividly yeah. there playing yeah. football with my friends. I remember all, everyone that was there. I remember the game. And then the next thing I know, I'm waking up in resource yeah. with oxygen mask on and the doctors yeah. over me and the nurses. And I was like, what the hell happened there? Yeah. But I, yeah, I was, I was, I'd gone somewhere else. Like I just, I, it was so weird. Do you remember, yeah. do you remember when you, when you, that, that, yeah, that, that, that I get that question. I'm always asked that question. Where were you? You know, yeah, Can you give us a tour of heaven or something <laughs> in the departure lounge again. Yeah, yeah, but I honestly, I, I, whether I will, whether I will later, I don't know, but then I, I don't remember anything before or after it. I just woke up in the ICU and wow. uh, I saw my friend just standing in front of me, and, and then I slowly started coming around. And, that's when I was saying, God, you know, why am I still here? Um, what's my what's my purpose? Because we we're, we're here. We're, all of us are here. We have got a purpose. Well, I guess what's especially especially after what you've already been through. Yeah. And then that was the yeah happen. yeah like, yeah. That's if right. anyone if anyone has the right to question faith, I think you do. <laughs> yeah yeah no that's right. I mean, we in in the midst of it, we had some financial trouble just after that. Jeannie was diagnosed with bladder cancer. So like Job, we've been through all of this, these traumas in life. And yet we can say unequivocally that God, God's grace, we call it God's grace, which is really his provision. It's, it's the life of Jesus given to us in our day by day situations has enabled us to journey through in the last six years to journey through with love and to journey through with joy. And we've been help, able to help literally millions of people. I mean, our Facebook page, we have 650,000, over 650,000 wow. followers. So, you know, we're able to help so many people. And um, I would say that, you know, that's our, our purpose now is, is to, is to help, help folks. And yeah. Good, you know? well, we, we, we talk, so we get so many messages from guys that have, you know, struggling with loss of a child, um, yeah. marriage breaking up. And we've, we've been saying, actually, we've wanted somewhere where we can, point them yeah. to get help or in some sort of direction so yeah. i'll be interested to take the information from that for you yeah. to uh to, so yeah, we can pass we can pass we have, people we, have on. Uh, we have uh facebook groups private facebook groups uh on our facebook channel which is awakening to god uh facebook channel uh awakening, awakening to god is that awakening to god yeah and then we're on instagram we have a youtube channel uh we've got on youtube we've got our triumph of marriage course because our marriage nearly broke up so basically every area that satan tried to attack us we're turning it around to kick him in the teeth now and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to turn it turn it around for good um, I like that. <laughs> so we're, we're on social media in, in, in all those ways and yeah we we absolutely please please on our social and our private facebook groups we put out messages of comfort and hope and and then we're going to be starting special Zoom groups as well. It will be our next step where we can meet them, you know, face to face, so to speak, and help them on the journey. You know, 
Yeah. Speaking of um, uh, going to, to, to heaven, um, yeah. did, you, did you ever did you ever see that South African pastor who took the selfie in heaven or claimed <laughs> to put the selfie in heaven? No, I didn't see that one. No. Uh, so South African pastor. <laughs> this is this is the selfie. Right. Okay. It looks like good natural light. Good natural light. Oh, that's a new one. I've never seen that before. So, yeah. So he, he's in heaven with his iPhone, is he? He went it. through it. It was, it was a Galaxy, actually. It was a Galaxy smartphone. <laughs> so he managed. He went up to heaven on Easter Sunday, and he managed to sneak a couple of selfies on his Galaxy smartphone. <laughs> is, this a, is this a shameful plug for Galaxy? For Samsung? No, generally <laughs> not. I'm an, iPhone, I'm an iPhone user, but yeah, 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 yeah. no, that, that's a true story. That, that, could start, that could start a trend, couldn't it? You could have, yeah. have the best backdrop behind you. You know, yeah. It's a different view of heaven. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. John, we normally end with um, what are the sort of hopes for the hopes for the future. What, what do you? Um, what, what, what are you? What are the plans? Or have, you, have you got anything coming up? Any more books in the in the workings? Yeah, I'm gonna. My next book is going to be on, on. I think it's going to be on the whole topic of suffering because um, it's a huge. It's one of the big reasons that people don't believe in God. And uh, I want to. I want to explain the situation and how God hates suffering, but how he allows us to have an extra day, another day, because he wants people to come into a relationship with him. And it's just to unpack that whole area. And hopefully that will lead to more people coming to faith, faith in, in Christ, you know. Um, but I, I, yeah, in the short term, we, our goal is to get this message out as far and as wide as we can, because it's a great message of hope. It's a great message of love and peace. And so uh, our, our goal is to reach, Two billion people. That's our goal in the end. One one billion for Alex and one billion for Rebecca. And of course, with social media, you can you can do that now, can't you? Yeah. So um, uh, that's our that's our goal. And so we, we the book will help. We're hoping there's going to be a film in time as well. And um, yeah, see we'll see what happens. So that that's what we that's what we want to do. Oh, good. Well, look, we'll 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 keep watch. We'll keep watching. Like I say, but we, we often get messages, so we're, we're more than and we have been searching for a way to 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 put people in touch with people that can help with that sort of stuff. So, look, we'll we'll push people your way. Um, please, please, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. add a a couple more yeah. people to that two billion target. Yeah, yeah, and encourage them to get the book. There it is. Yeah, I'll put the we've links some, to the book as well. Great. We've had some great. We've had some great feedback. Wonderful feedback, and people are already using it to mentor young folks which is which is good so uh yeah it's we want to get share this this unusual story uh, yeah. to, to, to encourage people on their journeys yeah yeah we'll add, it, we'll add it all to our when we when we put this out we'll add it all on there all the links thank you thank you appreciate yeah. that and honest, it. honestly like, like like i sort of said at the top it's so it's so refreshing to see like how your disposition with you know everything that you've been through and obviously you're still you're still smiling still still being positive and still trying to spread that message of hope and like was, yeah. like, we, like we mentioned so many people can just crumble at, at the, the the slightest of thing and it's yeah. the, the fact that you've you've been through what you have and you still stood here kind of puts it into perspective doesn't it 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah yeah and and the, the one of the keys is knowing there's a bigger story you know yeah that that really helps to know that. No. Amazing. Well, look, really appreciate your time, Gerard. And um, like I say, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll, we'll keep in touch. And uh, yeah, yeah, um, I'll, I'll read the book and uh, see see where it goes from there. Great, well, it's great, great to meet you. Thank you for having me on your on your show. Appreciate it so much. 
No thank worries. you for your time. Thank you. Thank sure. you. Sure. All right.